All right. Well, Joe, welcome to uh, Delta College Public Radio, and I'm appreciative of you taking the time out. Uh, first and foremost, I want to know how are you feeling, uh, you know, with your hunger campaign and all. Uh, how are you feeling these days? <clears throat> well, you know, the day marks the, um, the 59th day, and, and, you know, there, there have been some physical discomforts you know, I won't give you all the uh, gory details, sure. but, you know, there's sluggishness, uh, there's some muscle weakness, and and other, you know, headaches have come and gone. Uh, but the, the one thing I, when, when people ask this question, there, I had anticipated all of this, and I should also point out that, you know, the first 30 days, there was rapid uh, weight loss. Absolutely. Um, I went from 194 down to uh, 169. And then I'm at that stage, uh, again, I anticipated this would happen, uh, where the metabolism starts to slow down. Sure, sure. And... And people people don't think that happens, but the body goes into what they call survival mode. So this is what I anticipated. Right. But I, I I always point out I you know I had great role models, uh, particularly one Dick Gregory. Oh, absolutely. I had been on several hunger strikes with him. And the first time I did a hunger strike with him, I I couldn't go as long as he. But but he taught me how to deal with fasting and hunger strike. And his son, uh, one of his sons, Christian Gregory, I consulted him. He's a doctor, and he had worked with his father for years. And so before I decided that this was the strategy. Uh, the protest that right. I would uh, take, I, I I made sure that you know, my wife wouldn't let me do it unless I consulted with my physician. Absolutely. And 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 so the purpose is to ins- look. It, it, it's to inspire people to get involved because when you when people see that someone is willing to sacrifice their body or their freedom, or their lives uh, for a bigger cause, then it inspires people to, to, to also uh, do something. Absolutely, and you're inspiring us on this end to uh, to support you because uh, you know uh, we've been fighting the good fight for voting rights and uh, fighting voter restrictive laws since uh, I guess I was uh, my generation and generations before that. And uh, you're worthy, and we're so proud that you're using your platform for uh, change and things of that nature. But folks don't know uh, you're a, a native Michigander and. Uh, that's where a lot of your advocacy had started. Can you just share uh, with our listeners out there uh, well, a little well, bit about, about you? Know, uh, now, the people, the people in Ohio will be very upset with you. I, I was born <laughs> in, in <laughs> I was born and reared in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Okay. But 
but I but I I, I lived in Detroit. Absolutely, um, we're going to continue uh, to claim you. <laughs> yeah, well, that you know that that's true. You know, you, you once you're in, they always they don't let you go. Right. And but I used to I used to spend my uh, my summers in Flint, Michigan. My uh, father actually lived in Flint, Michigan. I remember the the street. It was Oregon. Okay. And I I had several relatives, aunts, uncles, cousins that lived there, but I would spend through my adolescent years, I would I would be shipped up to Flint, Michigan and he worked in the Buick plant and so I have real fond memories of Flint, Saginaw, Bay Area, awesome. and and of course things have changed drastically because of the the industries sure. that have have uh, left. But uh, but at least I do have fond memories. Absolutely, and as you said, Detroit, Flint, and the uh, Saginaw Bay region have uh, always been. Uh, part of the catalyst of change, uh, whether it be with unions and the automotive industry and all. And I also understand you're going to be hosting a virtual event here in our area, uh, sponsored by uh, Delta College Public Media and such. And uh, it's going to be a YouTube virtual free event. Uh, it's called The Rising of the Phoenix. Can you share uh, with our listeners a little bit about what, uh, what you're going to be doing? What the mission is, and, and I was hoping to be there in uh, in person, but of course, uh, you know, the, these physical challenges is due to the, the hunger strike. Absolutely, uh, it was it's easier for me to do it virtually. Which, by the way, I understand there'll be hundreds of community people from the area, and one of the things that they they want to talk about is how to start a new beginning uh, in as it relates particularly to race relations absolutely and 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 how to uh, uh, how to bridge this chasm that we have gotten ourselves into and I'm, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna ch it's going to be part instructional and I hope inspirational. Absolutely. And what I mean by that is, is that people need to come understand we actually have more in common than we have differences. We, we, when when there when there's difficulty, we face we, we all face the same. Uh, the impact is is maybe disproportionate, but but we all need to come together. And, and one of the things I'm certainly going to be talking about is, one, how everybody has to be at the table. Now, here's, this may get me in trouble, but <clears throat> what can I say? John, John Lewis used to call it good trouble. Right. As you, well not, I, I, you not only have to uh, have the community people together, you know, the ministers, the community activists, uh, but usually what is missing at the table are the people who have the resources. Right. For, lack of a, for the lack of a better the phrase, the movers and the shakers. 
the 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 industry we, in the old days we would call them industry giants. The but these makers. are the people who, who have resources. And when when I looked at their their theme, I thought about Detroit and how after the riots in the in the mid sixties, you had and these are names people may have forgotten. You had J. L. Hudson, who was, was one of the um, uh, you know, a large retailer. Yeah, store. yeah. Yeah, a major retailer. You had Peter Strolls. You had Henry Ford. You had uh, Governor Romney. You had Mayor Kavanaugh. And then they brought together African-American leaders, and they created something called New Detroit. And the purpose was to bring everybody to the table, community activists, organizations, what do you need? What is needed? What can I contribute? And, 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 and they created this organization that established New Detroit. And I, that's sort of my theme. I think what Saginaw needs, and, and maybe the, the, the Great Lakes um, Bay region, sure. Community, mm-hmm. yeah. If they need a, and since I'm in Saginaw, they need a, a, a new Saginaw attitude. But everybody has got to be at the table. You can't just have community activists, community leaders, uh, because then what happens, it becomes a complaint session. Sure. You've got to have people with resources. Everybody has one vote. And a lot of times... People just don't know what the other person does or is trying to do. And then my argument, and this is where it's going to be very difficult to accomplish, but it can be done, and, and that is got to check your politics. And, and what I mean, you got to check the big D, Democrat, the big R, Republican, Check, you got to check it at the door. Right. Um, I, I sit on the national board of the uh, Board of Governors of the Red Cross. And on that board are 18 to 20 people. I couldn't tell you what their politics are. Now, we will talk politics maybe during lunch. Uh, you know, somebody yeah. might mention it. But when we're at that board table, our number one responsibility is how do we help people? That are facing disasters. Absolutely. How do we how do we uh, make sure we have an effective blood drive? And and I've sat with corporate executives who know very little about, let's say, a blood drive for sickle cell, uh, the patients who need uh, a blood from certain ethnicity. Sure. But they sit, they listen, and they and they participate. And, and so I guess the, the mission is to start that type of organization and get it beyond a simple dialogue. And that's kind of what the mission is. And from what I understand, uh, there are going to be, as I, I was told, just scores of, of people there, young, uh, young, there be, I understand there'll be, High school students there, community activists, 
But I do hope that those people who are corporate leaders, I hope that they understand they've got to be at that table, too. Absolutely. And, 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 and they've got to be there with more than just a, a check. With they've got to be there with more than just a contribution and bring their wisdom. One of the things I always learned was, I learned this years ago, and that is when you get groups together like this, whether it's forming a board or, or whatever, that you bring what they call two, uh, have at least two or three W's. Two of those three. Didn't make any difference what two, but two or three. Work, wisdom, or wealth. Awesome. And those, with those famous last words there, Joe, um, he also reminded me of uh, 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 one of my sheroes, uh, Shirley Chisholm. And she says, you know, if they don't give you a seat at the table, you bring your own folding chair. But from what I see uh -huh. on the panel, uh, we've got everyone from the NAACP of Saginaw, a lot of our corporate members, uh, including Delta, Delta College and uh, the young and old. So, oh, and, and I'm going to interrupt here for a second. Sure, sure. Let me tell you. It, it's it, the the head of Delta College. Absolutely, needs to be at that seat. Uh, that's you know not not his you know not you know and and, and of course NACP. I served fourteen years on the board. I sure. was the head of the Detroit NACP. They, you know I I know they're going to be there. Yeah. I know the Urban League is going to be there. Well, Dr. Michael <laughs> Gavin you know, is is our president here, Joe, and he is committed. Uh, and will be uh, as, as part of this panel as well and, and uh, bringing greetings. And uh, he is uh, very committed, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, and he will be uh, taking part of this event as well. And, and, and whoever, and whoever uh, you know, whoever the, 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 the major corporate leaders, Absolutely. Um, they have to be at that table, and that, and, and once again, committed. Absolutely. Come to work, bring their wisdom or their wealth, but at least two of those three. And that's at a, least two of those three. We're hoping that we can work. Uh, towards that. And I want to just let the uh, listeners know that uh, they can go to deltapublicmedia.org and register as well for this event. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, sitting in and, and getting some of your insights as well. And before I, uh, I let you go, there's still one other looming question in my mind regarding this voting and redistricting. Now, it is a priority. Uh, do you think this is just uh, coincidental uh, right now because of the uh, on the eve of Dr. King's uh, birthday. Uh, I, I I don't believe in coincidence. I believe yeah. in action. Absolutely. Uh, let me let me let me and let me make this very clear. Um, I I've, I've had um, uh, uh, Majority Leader Senator Shu on my show several times, and he has he has charged us individually and collectively. Uh, we've got to push and press to get these two voting rights bill passed. Just before I came on with you, mm -hmm. I was made aware of a letter uh, that was sent uh, to the United States senators that that this is a bipartisan issue. Absolutely. And by the way, the letter was signed by, if I'm not mistaken, I may be correct in the numbers, but uh, uh, over 100 mayors, both Republican and Democrats, 
who said this this is about the foundation of democracy and this should not be a partisan issue uh, this is about protecting voting rights and I hope no matter how they have to get it done that they in fact get this done and wouldn't it be great if that bill could be passed out of the Senate on Martin Luther King's holiday. Indeed that uh, would. Indeed that would, Brother Joe. Indeed that would. It would make the, it would make a big difference because we've been fighting this fight. Uh, well, our, Dr. King know, knew the fight better than anyone else, so uh, that would be a wonderful thing. And I just wanted to uh, let the uh, uh, listeners know as well that uh, your event, uh, The Rising of the Phoenix, will be this Friday. And once again, we invite them to uh, go to deltapublicmedia.org and uh, register. It's a free event, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, uh, I'd like to have you back on my show, Soul Issue, the African-American Perspective, as a follow-up to see where, where we stand uh, from this day to... Uh, February, somewhere around uh, Black I'm, History Month. I'm, I'm always, uh, would be honored to be invited back. Excellent. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, we have Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, who will be in uh, the Great Lakes Bay region here this Friday, talking about uh, getting uh, community involved and getting everybody involved as an all-hands-on-deck to solve some of our uh, community issues as well as some of our governmental issues and our politics. And Joe, uh, stay well. We need your platform out there and keep the good fight. And uh, if there's anything, obviously, I can do on this end to keep the movement going, you got my vote and everything else. So stay, I, stay I, well. I appreciate, I appreciate it, everybody. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Joe Madison. Have a great day.